up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Chester Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright. I am joined by Mr. William Monroe. How you doing, Will? Steve, I'm doing well over here. We are fully out of week one and a bunch of exciting games. I think we recorded just before the Ravens uh, and Raiders game on Monday. And uh, that was a something we were uh, aware of. That's something else. Into. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was something that was interesting. Game. Yeah, that that was fun. That's a good stuff. It was a good way to end the week. Absolutely. We can only hope that week two can live up to the hype that week <laughs> one was. Because I feel like week one gets a lot of hype. And usually it's exciting, but more just because football's back. I don't yeah. recall really having this many exciting games in week one, um, usually. So I, I don't know if... Maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't remember it ever you know, really being that exciting. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, you always have, uh, you know, week one, these these people that kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember the, the exciting game part of it as much. So mm-hmm. yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, and then, you know, moving to week two, it makes life difficult in the fantasy world is you start looking at start set decisions and... You have to try to decide what you what in week one was real and will continue, and what was just like a one week blip on the radar. Yeah, um, and that makes probably week two and week three really difficult. After week three, yeah, you're pretty confident in the trend. Um, but yeah, it makes it tough, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, I mean, you're kind of right in between having you know a couple weeks of a trend going, um, and you know just basing it off of draft so you gotta try not to weigh week one too much right i think it's maybe a healthy balance between preseason expectations and week one output yeah absolutely and with that said are you ready to uh jump into some of these start sit questions we got here yeah yeah actually we were just talking about waivers and no we're not talking about much but i just pulled up mine while we were talking about it and realized that i got elijah mitchell in my home league uh, for 33 one dollar ahead of somebody else so wow now you said you were in six leagues right uh yes well how many bids did you put in on them um i think i put it in on most of the ones that are deeper um i got him i think in two leagues i didn't get him in ours got him in two and then the other two or the other three were like not as deep leagues didn't really have someone to cut uh there's one league that i'm like debating cutting odell beckham i was actually going to ask you about that just because I, he's like the only, he's apparently not playing again this week, which is probably a little concerning. Um, and it's like a more shallow league. So yeah, I, I don't even know what to make him have a suicide conversation there for that. But yeah, I only shouldn't I have drafted him spots. to begin with. Yeah. Is the answer. <laughs> it was one of but, those. Uh, I literally super flex league, you know, didn't go receiver till late. And he was my third receiver I drafted in like the ninth or 10th round. More just yeah, I mean, value. Being but yeah. Out- being ruled out this early is not a good thing. Like oh. if he's ruled out Wednesday this week, I can't see him playing next week either. Yeah, um, right. You know, ideally maybe we get to like Friday or Saturday next week, and then it gets ruled out, and then maybe he comes in for week four. But yeah, it's not that's not a good not thing. Not good. No. So I mean, there's a couple of leagues that I have that are just shallow rosters that there's just not enough to pick them up. But he definitely was added for a pretty penny in all of them. Yeah, that's fair. And you said you didn't get him in our league. Who was that that got him in our that league? That was uh, someone who spent quite a bit. I think I spent, I bid 32 on him, uh, and I came in second by quite a large margin there, Steve. Yeah, I don't. what did I bid? I don't remember. 63? 60-some, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I was not 
that I was going to give it my best shot. Funny thing it. is, I was the most um, the most manager in my home league that I did thirty three for him. So it seems like us most managers definitely in the leagues we had him wanted to make sure we got Elijah Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta salvage your season somehow. Yeah. We'll uh, see. I hopefully just gotta hope you don't get burned. He, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he actually pans out and lives up to that because we've seen many a week one waiver claims that go by the wayside after just one week. So we'll see what happens when uh, Trey Sermon comes in. Yes, we will. Part of the week two fun. Um, I know Part we'll be talking. We'll be talking Mitchell here with a couple of our running back questions. But uh, first, we'll start with the uh, quarterbacks here. Will, would you rather start Mr. Kirk Cousins at Arizona or Teddy Bridgewater at Jacksonville? Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one because going into the year, I think you most people would say pretty easily Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm just kind of weighing everything here. You got Cousins on the road. Uh, is that one in Arizona? Yes, it is in Arizona. Yes, so Cousins on the road didn't look great. Um, and Arizona's defense looked really good against Tennessee. I don't think we're expecting them to be great all year, but I think you know that D line was feasting. Five sacks for Jalen Jones, so it's a little scary. Um, Teddy going up against Jacksonville, who I think we thought was going to be better against Houston. So once again, one of those. You know, what are you basing off of week one? What are you basing off of preseason? Right? If you're just going off of preseason. You're probably starting Cousins pretty easily here with matchups looking pretty similar, but after week one, it looks like Arizona is a much more difficult matchup than Jacksonville. I think it's, it's a, it's a toss up either way with these two. Uh, I think if you just wanted a good performance, you go with Teddy. Whereas if you want upside, you go with Kirk cousins. Um, I could, you know, I wouldn't put it past anybody that wants to just go Kirk either way. But I think Teddy Bridgewater definitely has the matchup play against Jacksonville, whereas I'm a little more worried about Kirk in Arizona, but you know, that could have been a fluke for them as well. Uh, I think in a nutshell, I lean cousins because you probably are going to want your quarterback to score some points, but I wouldn't be opposed. I know Arizona is a popular streaming um, option there for, for defenses here. What do you think? I was actually going to say the same thing that you said, um, as far as like upside goes, yeah. Teddy's probably your safer bet. Um, and cousin, you know, if you want somebody that's going to throw four touchdowns, it's probably cousins. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he could just be getting sacked all day and just not look good. So, you know, the, the floor is not great. I mean, t- honestly, the floor is probably not great with either of them. Um, but I think Teddy's probably more likely to be a steady, just kind of solid guy. He's not going to win you the week. Mm-hmm. He's not going to lose you the week. Um, where if you if you're looking at your team and you're thinking you're doomed, you need that upside. Cousins is to play in an absolute vacuum. Oh man, I, I guess I would go Cousins in a vacuum, but it is pretty close. It's a yeah. good question. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, moving to one that I think just seems like it's asking to be too cute of a play here, but we have Tannehill at Seattle or Jared Goff at uh, Packers. That's a Monday night game. Yeah, it's too. Uh, the tale of two extremes. You, you know, you don't want to look down. You don't want to be down on Tannehill this early because of last week, and you don't mm-hmm. want to be too high on golf. Um, so I, I, there's no way I'm playing golf here. I will take Tannehill uh, pretty easily for floor and ceiling, and and you know all situations. Uh, you know the the story is there for golf. You can imagine the Packers are going to come out angry and they're going to light up Detroit, and he'll be 
needing to throw a lot. So mm-hmm. maybe that translates to something, but I'm not trusting him. I'll stick with Tannehill. Yeah, and that, that Packers defense, I mean, they looked bad, but last year they weren't as bad as we saw last week, and I'm imagining they're going to get back to tune, especially if you do get the Packers offense going and they start playing complimentary football. Packers can, you know, kind of pass rush a little more. Um, I think that's yeah, that's just getting too cute trying to start golf there, especially in a matchup where Tannehill could have what we expect there from him. You know, running game going, he can get a couple touchdowns in when they're closer to the red zone. Um, I'm I'm taking Tannehill pretty easily here. Now the next one, uh, this is a pretty interesting one. You have Jalen Hurts uh, versus San Francisco, or you have uh, Matt Stafford at Indy. What are you doing with that one? Yeah, this is interesting because I think these are two similar plays. Two guys that people were a little uncertain about, you know, whether it's new 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 player really hurts going into like his fifth start, I think, um, at the end of the year there. And then Stafford going into a new position or a new team. So definitely some uncertainty on both ends there. Both guys performed extremely well. Um, and then you're going up against two defenses that you're expected to be good this year. San Fran looked good and then looked bad all in one game. Indy got torched by Seattle, and, and I think we're expecting that defense to be better, but it's, um, it's a tough one. I probably lean Hurts just because I'm imagining, I mean, we'll see if the Eagles defense plays up to up to, up to snuff there um, to uh, hold Seattle, but I'm guessing that we're going to see San Fran be able to put up more on the Eagles defense than Indy will on on the Rams defense. So it could be, you know, a couple early touchdowns for LA and then they rely a little more on the running game. I mean, I don't, I don't mind either of these guys. I think both of these guys are top 10 starts. So I'm starting them both in different leagues. Um, I think I lean hurt slightly, especially with just the rushing cheat code. That that is a rushing quarterback, but I think they're both great plays. What about you? Yeah, they're both good plays. I I'm not as close. I'm I'm a little bit more firmly on Hurts. Uh, yeah, Hurts against San Francisco, mm-hmm. partially because I just like you said, Indy got beat up last week. The Indy defense got beat up by Seattle a little bit, and I believe in the Indy defense a little bit. You know, I believe in them. They're a good defense, so I think they can bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco, I believe as well. But I'm less confident there, considering you got beat up by the Lions. Yeah, you big know, injury if they got to the top corner too, right? Yeah, um, Verrett went down. Dumped so done for the year. Yeah, to ACL. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, if San Fran went out and you know they won the game, but they got beat up by the Packers or like Seattle or the Rams, then mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know what, they could bounce back. They could take the Eagles, but beaten up by the Lions, that's that's not good. So yeah, I'll take Hurts here. But again, like you said, I have no problem with either of them. I like Stafford. I just like Hurts more. Right. Uh, next up, we're going to be moving into the running back positions here. I've got a PPR. We're just picking one. We've got Saquon at Washington. That's a Thursday night game. Uh, Mark Ingram at Cleveland, Javante Williams at Jacksonville, Singletary at Miami. So clean sweep of road games. Yeah, this is one 
I am not in the camp of you have to play Saquon Barkley because he's Saquon Barkley. Like I said in our mock drafts, mm-hmm. I didn't want him because he was going to start off slow. And then clearly he started off slow and looked bad. And now he's got a tough matchup. So I'm not so in the says you have to play him. I would bench him personally, but I don't like the other options presented to me. Yeah. Um, Ingram was good for fantasy. Um, not... Uh, good as a running back and had an easy matchup. Now he's got a tough matchup, so I don't want to do that. Javante Williams at Jacksonville is interesting. Um, that could be something. Um, Singletary looked fine. Um, you know, he had an okay week. I think he put up like eight points and like a half point PPR or something like that, but uh, there's not a lot of upside there. So despite what I said about Barkley earlier, I will start him over these options. Javante gives me a, a, a bit of a glance, but they're just not uh, a high enough quality for me to, to set Saquon for. Yeah, yeah, I hate to be fully in agreement as we seem to be so far, but uh, Ingram had a ton of carries and still wasn't efficient with it. Three backs there, much more difficult game. I'd probably rather have David Johnson than anybody in that matchup because I think Cleveland's going to get up early and, and they're going to be, Houston's going to be trying to come back. Singletary doesn't do much for me. I know it's a better matchup with Miami, but Miami is still a pretty good defense. So eliminate those two right away. Um, I, I, you know, like the idea of Javante, I think he's definitely a flex play. I'm playing him in at least one spot, but I, I just won't get too cute here. I'm going to take kind of the pure upside of Barkley, even in a tough matchup against Washington. Um, especially if Washington, you know, with the new quarterback, we'll see how they do. But if they struggle to move the ball at all, you might be having, you know, in a situation where the Giants get up and are able to run the ball a little more. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think Barkley had a tough matchup in Week One against uh, Denver, and um, and we'll see how he is against another tough matchup. But there's just none of these options that are, I think, good enough for me to bench him for. I mean, if you want to take a shot on Javante because you're really down on Barkley, um, you know, I wouldn't hate it, but. I think Barkley is still the play here. Okay. This next one's pretty interesting. Uh, not for one of these. Op- I, well, at least and me personally, one of these options isn't great. But the other two, interesting. Would you rather start uh, Eli Mitchell at Philly, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at Baltimore, or uh, Daryl Henderson at Indy? Yeah, it's it's tough because, Mitchell, you spent a ton of your fab or you burned your priority waiver claim on. And... I don't, I just don't think you can start him this week. I mean, if you have to, push comes to shove. But in most places, even places that I got him, I don't know that I want to start him because I want to see how the how it looks with Sermon there with Hasty, probably the lead guy. But as I said, uh, you know, with you know, my Hertz analysis, Eagles defense played well and, and they, you know, definitely stiffened. They gave up some yards, but didn't give up some points. We'll see at home. I here i know henderson's not a bad option in indy um but i think i'm i'm gonna go with clive as a lair and tough matchup but it seems like that's going to be one where there's going to be some points scored baltimore and kansas city so i'll take uh, i'll take clyde and, and you know hope that he gets the the volume there um, the other two i think are i think they're all good flex plays clyde i think is maybe a little more of an rb2 play for me where the other two are, are in that flex option what about you yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Henderson's not in consideration. Um, you know, uh, what the Raiders did 
on Monday against Baltimore, you know, Jacobs had what two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake had like five catches. CEH, mm-hmm. I think something like that. CEH can do it all. So he might get all of that. Yeah. Um, could be a high scoring game. You know, Eli Mitchell has the better matchup. You would think, you know, I know the Philly defense looked good, but I don't think most people are assuming it's going to be like that the rest of the year, but you also don't know, but like you said, on the same time, you just spent how much yeah. 70% of your fab on this guy. He's going to put him on the bench. Yeah. That's, that's really hard. So I think I would go with CEH too, but it's razor thin for me. Um, it's really comes down to like the pass catching that he's going to have available to him where it doesn't seem like that's going to be something for Mitchell. Yeah. Um, and there's PPR. So you're going to, yeah, yeah exactly. That. So that's really the tiebreaker, but it's pretty close for me. All right. And our last um, running back decision here, standard scoring. We got uh, Eli Mitchell again in Philly, Melvin Gordon in Jacksonville and cream hunt at home for the Texans. Yeah. So this one, uh, you know, it's not too often we see standard questions anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has um, somewhat of an impact. I mean, we just I just said Mitchell's not the, the pass catcher there in San Francisco, not at least based on week one. Uh, Melvin Gordon could catch the ball, um, but I'd imagine they'll be using both Javante and him for that. And then Hunt, I mean, he's primarily a pass catcher. He, you know, he does it both. But, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, you like him for his pass catching. Um so I think I'm going to rule out Hunt because it's not a PPR. Gordon has a good matchup, but I'm not sure I trust him. You know, he had that one big breakaway, and mm-hmm. outside of that, nothing. And you can't just take that away. Like, the points are the points. But, like, overall, it didn't look great outside of that one play. And then Mitchell's just got the matchup, everything I said before. So I think I'll, I'll go with Mitchell here pretty easily because it's standard. Yeah, uh, I'm leaning Hunt in this one. I mean, I think they're all decent plays. I think for me, I think Hunt is going to, the game script is going to really work in their fa- his favor. Um, I could see it being one of those where Chubb isn't even playing in the fourth quarter and it's all Hunt. But I think that they are going to control the game by running the ball and both of them are going to get more than enough volume. Whereas you're going to be hoping that, you know, it's Melvin's game and he breaks, what, another 60-yarder. That really saved his day. I mean, he was going to have a decent game, but that long run really helped Gordon. And then Mitchell, I mean, you're just banking on him being the lead back and, you know, probably getting in the end zone, getting enough volume. Whereas I think they're going to really split the ball there. So I'll take Kareem Hunt here pretty easily. Now, uh, Will, if you'd like a little bit of breaking news, Ooh. I'm not sure it totally matters, but the 49ers have claimed uh, Trent Cannon Oof. off of wa- waivers from the Ravens. Did you already put your uh, jersey order in? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'd imagine they're just loading up on, you know, they add carry on, they added yeah. him, you know, maybe they'll add someone else and, you know, two of them wind up getting cut, want to get cut. They just got to figure out somebody else that can get on the roster, but uh, we'll see. I'm sure it'll have a major impact. Um, yeah, we can move along here, Will. We got uh, moving on to wide receivers, half point PPR. Corey Davis versus the Patriots or Tim Patrick at Jacksonville? Yeah, this one I think is pretty easy. Another guy that you picked up with Tim Patrick, but I kind of, you know, if I if I have to play him in like a flex position, I'm okay with it. But I want to see if he steps in and just gets all of those targets that we expected to go to. Um, to I'm not blanking on his name. We got her Jerry Judy, um, but I could see you know Hamler maybe getting an extra couple targets. They work in the tight ends as Albert O's there on top of Noah Fant. So 
still a lot of options there. I think Patrick is going to get a good chunk, but I like Davis just as like the pure volume play. Like he he killed it like, this week because of the touchdowns and they were late, but he still had a good bit of volume. I mean, I think he still would have been over, you know, 10, 12 points before the touchdown. So I'll take Corey Davis pretty easily here, even in the tough matchup against New England. Let's see. Uh, we, we finally differ here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we differed on the last one, but we're definitely differing here. I, you know, Davis is the volume play. He'll get plenty of volume, uh, but he, you got to imagine he's also going to get Gilmore, um, which would be concerning. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be worried about playing him. Um, and I am more confident in Tim Patrick. We've seen a lot of consistency out of him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got the easy matchup. And I guess to, uh, to put my official stamp on it, when I got Tim Patrick on our waivers, I took Corey Davis out of my starting lineup and I put Patrick in. So put my money where my mouth is. I didn't even realize this question was <laughs> related to me before <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, reading sure it. This wasn't you. Yeah, this wasn't me. I no, I was pretty in. confident in that decision. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, how that plays out. Right. And then next up here, uh, we've got Christian Kirk. And this is full PPR Christian Kirk against the Vikings throwing Shepard at Washington. Uh, I think this is probably, you know, to me, a, a, a tale of upside and floor. You know, Kirk's going to have the bigger upside, as we saw in week one. Uh, but I think he's got the lower floor, as we've seen throughout the rest of his career. Um, and meanwhile, Shepard, I think, is probably just going to be your your steady guy. Yeah, he could pop off. He scores a touchdown or something. But he'll probably just be in the middle somewhere. Uh, he'll get a lot of volume, so his floor should be fine unless he gets hurt. He's hurt a lot, so that's a possibility. But uh, I think, like in an actual or in an absolute vacuum, I think I would go with Kirk because he looks like he's got a better matchup. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this Giants Washington game in general. It could be very low scoring with the Washington defense being good, their offense being a question mark, the Giants just not looking good in general. I don't know what to think of it, so I'm not really interested in playing Shepard. Yeah. This one, I'm not. Really, I feel like I'm not interested in either. I feel like you're chasing the points um, for yep, both definitely. of these guys. I I think I lean Kirk. Um, I think it's you know they're looking for a guy to step up as the number two there. I mean, we'll see if AJ Green you know can can show. I know he got some targets there, didn't catch a lot, but you got Rondell Moore and you got Christian Kirk. I know Moore caught you know. Didn't have run a ton of routes, but he caught a bunch of um, a bunch of passes from you know, of his targets. So he could step in and, and take some away. But they both played well, and this could be another game where you're going to have to have some high scoring. Whereas I could see this being an ugly Thursday night game with um, New York and Washington, and we still have still have um, obviously Kenny Galladay there, and who's the Slayton, yeah, Slayton. I think that's. I it. don't think the tight end uh, Ingram's playing, but Barkley there. There's just a lot of to be spread around, and Washington's a really good defense. So I don't like either, but I would rather play Christian Kirk there. Okay, and our last wide receiver one half point PPR. You have Cooper Cup at Indy or Antonio Brown versus the Falcons. Yeah, both guys. I, I think these are both good plays here. I think Cooper Cup. I mean, he. Uh, I think he has found his new best friend in Matt Stafford. I, you know, obviously going into the year, we weren't sure 
what it was going to look like, but it seems like he is going to be the number one on the team, and he could flirt with top 12 weeks, you know, every week just with the volume that I think he's going to get there. Woods is going to be good as well, but it seems like Cup is the clear number one. Whereas AB, you're going to, you know, it's going to bounce back and forth between the guys, and he's a good flex play. You know, play him at the wide receiver two if you have to. Uh, but I think he's a really good flex option. But I think Cooper Cup is locked and loaded here the rest of the year. Yeah, this could be uh, for AB. This could be a Panther situation last year, where you know any given week, mm-hmm. take DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel, and two of them had good weeks, and the other one didn't. Um, AB could be f- anywhere between perfectly fine to great, um, or he could just be the odd man out that week. Yeah, um, where Cooper Cup has I, the same upside. And I think a higher floor because he's just going to get fed. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's cut pretty easily for me, despite having what I think is going to end up being a more difficult matchup. All right. And our final matchup here, we've got a tight end and flex. So is this saying two? Uh, just we're picking one of these guys, right? Yeah, just a regular flex. Question. Yeah, so full PPR, Jamal Williams at Green Bay, Mike Williams at home for the Cowboys. And Christian Kirk at home for the Viking. Pretty easy for me. Um, you know, we talked about Kirk. If you need a high upside play, he's probably got the highest upside. Eh, I don't know if that's true. I'm just going to take Kirk entirely. Uh, um, Jamal Williams is is good. He could be fine, but I he's a player where I'm going to need to see a couple more weeks out of before I start trusting him with my lineup. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Williams, I trust plenty um just, I, I don't as long as he see. doesn't get hurt <laughs> exactly as long as he stays healthy um but you know he's got a good quarterback he's got a good offense he gets a lot of targets you know he's and a that was big a guy that game can touchdowns too against washington like that's the tale of two you know night and day here going up against the dallas defense yeah they they, field day yeah they should tear it up and on the flip side you know the cowboys are a, a good enough offense to put up yep. points on the chargers so it could be an interesting matchup yeah, so easily mike williams for me yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I, I always hesitate to not start the running back just because you know you could get a lot of volume there. But if Swift's playing, it's probably going to be a you know 65-35, 60-40 split. So you're limiting your upside unless Swift goes down. I don't mind playing Williams if you have to, but I'm happy to, to flex in or even you know throw Mike Williams as wide receiver three. Cool. And we are going to move over into our trade questions. So per the normal, we got five questions here, two Dynasty, three redraft. We're going to start with Dynasty, Will. PPR, an interesting question, considering both are, uh, well, one's done for the year and one's, yeah. uh, one's not doing too much. But would you straight up in a PPR rather have Brandon Ayuk or Jerry Judy? Um, Just regular, I'd have. Ju- I'd rather have Judy. I think it's just better player overall. Obviously, the offense and have ideally the future quarterback there with Ayuk. Um, now, if you're looking at it from uh, your think you're a contender and can win this year, and you think IU can step up and, and get back to what we saw last year, whereas Judy's probably out half the year here, I, I get why you might say, let me, you know, trade Judy for IU to just get a guy that can play this year. Um, but I'd be more inclined to, to, to stay with the Judy side, especially here in Dynasty. I think I would as well. He has the better upside, I think. And but part of that's because Ayuk has so many people around him, Debo and, mm-hmm. and Kittle and and you could say the same for Judy. He's got Sutton and he's got Fant, but there is a big difference between Kittle and Fant. 
Um, you know, there's a lot more passing work going to the the running backs and the fullback in San Francisco. Um, but you have the the future quarterback stuff situated. You got a head coach in San Francisco, so I get it. But yeah, it's gonna be Judy for me as well. There's too much upside there. All right, another PPR dynasty here for us: Najee Harris or Tyson Williams, Jalen Waddle, and ten dollars fab. Well, A, the $10 of fab is meaningless. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're starting budgets $10. Yeah, unless you're giving yeah. your whole fab. And even then, it's like, yeah, like I, I don't care. Like that can, yeah. that can go. Um, but I mean, make it $1,000 in fab, and I'm still taking the Najee side. You know, that he's a good starting running back. I feel like you're selling low because he didn't have the best week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyson Williams is fine, but he's a guy that you'll have this year. And, and maybe not. I mean, we only saw one week. Yeah. His job in a few weeks. We saw a half. I mean, Murray outsnapped him by the end. And yeah, just, you, you like haven't a seen a lot. The guy. Yeah, and, and you got to think back to years past where, you know, it was Justin Forsett for a few weeks. And yeah. It was Alex Collins for like half a season. And it was Gus for a little while. And you just keep replacing people. So, no, not interested. Waddle's mm-hmm. an awesome piece. He's a good starting point. Um, but now I need something better than Tyson Williams. Um, you know, maybe if this was a redraft, maybe, but still yeah. even then probably not, but the dynasty easily Najee. Yeah. Everything you said makes sense. Najee easy here. You're really, you're trading the one Oh one for the one Oh five and you know, a couple fab dollars and, uh, undrafted free agent likely. So it's, yeah, I mean, you're going to, even though Waddle probably is maybe a longer fantasy value career, you're getting the prime years of Najee volume-wise, and you're also, you know, you can get much more for him in Dynasty right now and even in the next few years. Yep, absolutely. Um, going to a redraft this is a bit interesting. We don't have the scoring format, but uh, there's no starting tight end, but they do have a wide receiver running back tight end flex spot. So would you rather have Darren Waller or Justin Jefferson? Yeah, that's tough. Um, Waller, obviously, 19 targets. I don't, I don't know if he sees that again this year or ever. But 10 catches. I mean, he clearly is the only person that Derek Carr wants to throw the ball to. Um, but Justin Jefferson, you know, I think this is a good kind of buy low week for him almost just with the volume that we saw Thielen getting with Thielen score twice. Um. I, I'd lean Jefferson slightly just because of the flexibility. Uh, I think they're both great players. Waller, you're kind of shoehorning him into that flex spot, and then you're not starting a third running back. You're not starting you know, a fourth receiver, depending on what you get. Whereas Jefferson, you have the flexibility of putting him in the flex spot or the receiver. Uh, obviously, it's probably only you know four or five tight ends that people are going to roster and, and start anyway. But I think I lean just the flexibility of the wide receiver position in Jefferson. See, I think I'm on the opposite side. And like I get the flexibility uh, conversation. I, I don't think I could pass up the volume. Yeah. Like there's just uh, – Carr does not look at anyone else other than Darren Waller. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's the same story year in, year out. I don't know if I could pass that up. Jefferson's going to have some great games. Um, but I don't – you know, Waller's going to have great games. And I, I just don't see, you know, where he – 
has multiple like bad games in a row like he'll have a couple because everyone has a couple but mm-hmm. he's just gonna be so steady and just high end steady too i don't i don't think i could pass that up but i get the flexibility you do lose some flexibility with him um so i totally get that but yeah i think i would go with waller here it's an interesting question yeah yeah i think it's a fair trade overall uh both some good options next one is very interesting i feel like this is a very buy low trade here uh redraft ppr DK Metcalf and Aaron Jones for Justin Jefferson and Cream. Yes. So when you said interesting, um, I looked at it and I was like, I don't think it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but from a standpoint of like, yeah, you're trying to buy low on somebody. Yeah, it is interesting from that standpoint. I'll take the Metcalf side pretty easily. I don't think, uh, you know, he's in for a great year. Aaron Jones is going to have a great year. The Packers offense will figure it out and turn it around. Um, you know, Jefferson's he'll he's good he'll probably be right up there with metcalf um so you know that's fine but there i think there's a big difference between Aaron jones and hunt you know barring injury you know hunt becomes a really big deal if, if chubb goes down but you know we we're not going to take that into consideration really so it's a metcalf aaron jones side pretty easily for me yeah yeah i think that makes sense i'm i'm right there with you i think you know even off a down week pk and jefferson are very comparable and aaron jones you know, unless you have inside knowledge that Aaron Rodgers is getting traded tomorrow and, and Green Bay is completely imploding, um, I think it's Aaron Jones is much higher. So you're getting a huge upgrade at the running back position for what I consider pretty much a lateral, if not an upgrade, at the receiver position. Okay, and our last question, Will. Um, this one I, I think is is – you look at it and think it's gross, but it might be pretty close. And at PPR, yeah. would you rather have Jamal Williams or James Robinson? Yeah, this is tough because I think with Jamal Williams, you're banking on, you know, a depth piece unless you have Swift go down, which we've seen it happen, you know, last year. And obviously here in, in the preseason, he was on, it wasn't healthy. Whereas James Robinson, it might be a good buy low time. He also, you know, could be just stuck with Carlos Hyde and, and you know, uh, a bad offense. We're, that's all we have to go off right now, Jacksonville. Um, I think I think it's not a bad buy low on James Robinson, where even if he does flame out, you lost Jamal Williams, which, you know, is tough, but it's, you know, you can find a Jamal Williams depth piece on the waivers, whereas it'd be tougher to find the upside of James Robinson. Yeah, I agree. Um you know, it's all about the upside and the potential that is James Robinson. And that potential, again, like you said, without injury, doesn't exist with Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's James Robinson to me. He's actually one that I've debated because I'm sitting with Ingram in our league and I'm thinking like, well, maybe I could throw out a, a trade at Ingram for like Rojo or Ingram for, you know, James Robinson and, and see, you know, if someone wants to just bail on them entirely. So I'm kind of thinking in the same mindset and that's kind of what they're doing here. I mean, Jamal Williams is, I think, better than Ingram. Um, not a starter, but. You know, mm-hmm. Still, I think probably better, but yeah, I would want the upside that Robinson would present. All right, so that wraps up here our start sit episode, first uh, full uh, round of episodes here for mid season with waivers a couple days ago, which is now out. Uh, may not do you very much good unless you have a uh, late running waivers, and uh, this episode here coming up for week two. Good luck, everyone, in your week two matchups, and uh, shoot any more questions you have over to us throughout the week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, per the usual folks, trust your board.